fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try Hey everybody and welcome to big episode number 118 of the fourth season of the Fantasy Fullback Dive brought to you by the good folks at the Roto Street Journal, paving your way to fantasy excellence, acting as your lead blocker on your quest to fantasy glory. I, of course, am your host, Nat the Truth Jones, fresh off being out in the rain at my kid's soccer practice for a while, uh, out of the cold, into the warmth, the warm, uh, safe whatever you want to call it, arms of the Wolf of Roto Street himself, getting us ready for week seven. Wolf, how you doing? Uh, you know you like these burly arms, these bear hugs that uh, the Wolf can give. Yes, you're sure. welcome on in. There's sure. nothing more dad than a, a, a just standing out in the pouring rain, watching your kid, probably screaming from the sidelines, like, hustle up, let's go. That is just the, the ultimate dad, outside of maybe the butterfly farm visit I heard about uh, last year. That's I didn't really even go to that. Too. I didn't even go to that. You didn't go to that? Oh, no, I mean, my oh, kids yeah. went to that. I stayed home. I might have even recorded with you during it. Um <laughs> no, I mean, I, I might have yelled hustle once or twice during practice yeah, yeah, in the course. rain. Come on, yeah. man. If, I, if like I'm going to stand out there, if I'm going to stand out there in the rain, my kid better be going at least something close Do you bring your own whistle? Do you bring your own whistle to practice? So here's the, uh, you know, the fact that I can't just say unequivocally no to that uh, <laughs> is something. But so here's the thing. I, I don't intentionally bring a whistle, but I mm-hmm. bring my backpack with me that has multiple whistles in it. So if I wanted to like pull out a whistle, I could. But Have I'm not, you ever? No, not at soccer practice. <laughs> not yet, at least. No, not yet. Plenty of time to blow some drills dead, though. No, I'm, I'm doing good, though, Nad. Not not in the pouring rain. It's been a nice coming off of uh, a great event at uh, Old Planners. We had a huge turnout. They they want us to come back as soon as possible. Even said they might even pay the Roto Street Journal. We might have our first monetized you know, weekly gig. I know. It, it went smashing, though. I mean, the, the turnout was fantastic. I got to love my Beverly crew. Some other people that showed up that knew Old Planners as well. So great collaboration event. We definitely are looking to do it uh, in the near future, maybe as awesome. early as next week too. Wow. Uh, so just keep it, yeah, no, I, I was thrilled about that. Uh, you know, my fantasy season's rolling right now. Third place, second most points, four and two. Got a, a win over the roommate, which is always fun oh, to be able nice. to hold that over his head all week. So yeah, it's, it's been a been a good time for the Wolf so far. No real depression right now. How about you? I had the top score in my hometown league this week. Remember last week was an utter disaster for me in every yeah. league. Uh, and so, I'm also four and two in that league. I had, you know, I had Russell Wilson, I had James Conner, I had Chris Godwin, I had, you know, I had a lot of guys that hit. Uh, David yeah. Johnson didn't have a great week, but still scored. I, I, I just did really, really well. I had like 180 points. So you know um, what I love too in fantasy is, is what happened to me, and we got to come up with some sort of glossary term for it when the special teams just dominate for you. Because I had the Carolina defense mm-hmm. and Joey Sly combo, and I know a lot of people out yes, there did. I had Joey uh, Sly it, also. 
15 points from him, 21 from the defense. I mean, what did Jameis turn over seven times? Something insane. Like new record lows for Jameis Winston. Yeah, insane. Five picks and a fumble. Uh, The the guy was just insanely horrendous. That's just the best feeling, too, on like a London game when I I was facing McCaffrey. To have my defense outscore McCaffrey, you're just like, all right, I'm I'm rolling. That's just a great feeling. Yeah, I was in a a good spot. I'm in an auction league also, and I was in a good spot after Thursday. I had the Patriots defense, and I just rolled them out there. Uh, I was just watching the points just like pile up and just kind of like kicking back i really enjoyed that quite a lot they've been like an mvp all year i mean i think they're the third <laughs> highest score in all of fantasy of all positions it's insane I, I know they're they're like a top 10 at least i mean they're they're oh, way easily. they're way I up there i mean i think i got yeah. 30 out of them last week which is not even uh, that i mean it's not even that crazy they've done it like three times right? right now <laughs> i know it's insane. so thank you giants Great stuff. um all yeah. right we're gonna get right into this we got survivor coming up in Wow, 36 yeah. minutes, so we're going to see how, how we can crank this thing out. Got a lot Oops. of big names in the trainer's room. We got a big Best trainer's room. Then, of here. course, we got higher, lower, Hail Mary, and then we're going to hit the mailbag. And we'll see uh, you know, how close to 8 o'clock we can get out of here. Yeah. Anyway, sure. trainer's room, we got some big names involved. I'm just going to hit you with a bunch of them, uh, see your take on them. Alvin Kamara, we saw he's been dealing with a high ankle sprain. He says he hopes to play against the Bears. I mean, what else is the guy going to say? But I, I do appreciate the optimism. Obviously, if he wasn't going to play, you know, possibly he would be a, a little less candid about wanting to play so much. So what do you think? Are you expecting to see Kamara out there? I kind of feel like the Saints might be the class of the NFC all of a sudden, once again. They re- they really are. And I wouldn't be shocked to see them hold him out. A high ankle sprain generally, yeah. sh- you know, shelves people for four weeks or so. So the fact that he's even optimistic and Kamara is a tough little prick. I wouldn't he be shocked to see him out there. He, he really is. But ultimately, he's going to be limited. He's facing the Bears. You'd have to really temper your expectations. I'm facing Kamara this week, so I'm pretty stoked about that. If he doesn't play, then you know, fire up Latavius Murray as a, a very high-end RB2 just because he'd become a 20-plus touchback. They signed Zach Zenner today, which isn't a great sign for Kamara's outlook. I imagine they'd just release him if Kamara can play. But with the tough matchup with you know Teddy Bridgewater still at Q, I can see them just resting. I, I don't know when their buy is uh, exactly up, but I think it's within the next week or two. I wouldn't be shocked to see them hold him out at least this week uh, with that tough, you know, that that Bears defense is not someone you want your stud offensive centerpiece going against if he's not at 100 percent. Agree. And I mean, the, the Saints have an excellent record so far. And the Bears offense is such that you could see the Saints coming in, you know, hamstrung basically on offense and still eking out a win here. So it's uh-huh. almost like playing with house money a little bit. You know, you could see holding Kamara out and still getting, you know, a 16 to Definitely. 7 win or something like that. So I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if you're right about that. Uh, another guy that may return this week, Todd Gurley. Uh, a lot of buzz about playing Malcolm Brown if you're, uh, you know, fantasy owners last week. And the guy did get some carries, did not really do much. So, I mean, if you started him, probably not thrilled with yourself. I had him on two teams. I did not play him on either of them. I'm glad I didn't. What do you think? Is he mm-hmm. going to be back this week? It seems like it. He has. A, he's been practicing as of today. You know, the early reports last week was they expected him back in week seven. And of course, if he's out there, he's facing Atlanta, soft matchup that gives up a ton of receptions to running backs. We saw David Johnson and Chase Edmonds both score against that hapless Rams, uh, a hapless Falcons team. And I just see this. You know, I love targeting this game for any type of fantasy matchups. If Gurley does sit, I know Malcolm Brown only eleven uh, carries for forty yards last week. Definitely disappointed. Uh, Daryl Henderson. 
Anderson didn't do a whole hell of a lot, but actually looked more explosive than, you know, he's actually used, which was nice to see signs of life from him. Ultimately, I think you could roll out Malcolm Brown much more comfortably this week. I think it said a lot more about the 49ers defense and specifically that D line than it did about Malcolm Brown. He would be a high end RB2 against the, the Falcons this week. So ultimately, I expect Gurley to go. And if he plays, definitely his usual low end RB1 self, a good bet for one at least score, probably two. But uh, if he doesn't, if he doesn't go, you can have a lot more faith in Malcolm Brown this week than he could last week. 49ers for real? They are. I really think they are. They dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and I'm such a believer in, in the line and in in football that ultimately I think these 49ers are definitely legit. I don't see them going to the Super Bowl legit, but would not be shocked to see them go all the way to the, you know, the NFC Championship even. Okay, that's a nasty division. I mean, you got the Rams, you got the it Seahawks. Is. I mean, I, you know, I know the Rams are in a bit of a tailspin. You know, let's not give up on the Rams just saying even the Cardinals I mean they kind of suck but they're still fun and you know they're they yeah. able to string a win together here and there speaking of teams I'll, I'll talk to them as we keep going uh, I got another team I want to talk about but we're going to go down the injury report a little bit more Saquon gotcha. Barkley looks good to go supposedly this is an injury that you keep people out like what six weeks or something the guy seemed like he was ready after a week and just on principle they kept him out last week uh, right, is he just exactly. like you know a machine a hundred percent. He's superhuman. Uh, and when he's out there, of course, you're ripping Barkley back in your lineup, especially against a softy matchup like Arizona. I think the, that's going to be a sneaky back and forth shootout right there. And Barkley is definitely finding the end zone at least once, if not twice. It helps out the whole offense too, having a presence like that. I mean, Danny Dimes has been under constant duress. They've had no running game presence to help him out. But then you put Barkley back and now your defense is accounting for that. I could see Danny Dimes getting deep to Golden Tate a couple times. Mm. I think that whole offense... You He's definitely going to take off week. this week. Oh yeah, definitely. You he blew up last week, and I think he's got another. He's going to be on the list again this week. So I love Barkley, though. If he's there, it looks like he's going to be my number two running back, uh, only behind Dalvin Cook this week. All right, uh, no practice for the Patriots on Wednesday, but on Tuesday, Josh Gordon did not practice due to his knee injury. We saw he missed, you know, pretty much the whole second half of the game against the Giants. Uh, was not even in there, much less like getting yeah. anything thrown. He actually was physically not in the game. Now, he did post uh, allegedly an uplifting IG <laughs> uh, message, which I have not read because I don't care. But what do you think? Yeah. I mean, you know, this is the Patriots receiving core is pretty depleted. Absolutely, and I still am not uplifted in the least by Josh Gordon. As I said last week when he was one of my lower-ranked receivers, uh, I, I said this guy is so overrated. It's just name value. As a Patriots fan, I wish it was different, but Flash Gordon has not even come close to living up to that nickname. He looks slow. He looks sluggish. He's out of shape. He's getting dinged up. Uh, so even if he plays, how could you put him in your lineup at this point? He's literally done nothing. He's never been above the wide receiver 28 this entire year, and it's only gotten worse and worse each week. It's not like the Jets are a tough matchup, but he's had cake matchups that he's done even less than. So I just have no faith in putting Josh Gordon into my lineup at all. Maybe he'll have one boom or two this year, but at this point, I, he could be hate cut material for you. I think I if you really texted wanted the Roto Street Journal group text that we've got going that asked if he was a candidate for a hate cut, and you know nobody was like jumping on it. Like, yeah, you're right. And I kind of feel like maybe by the, by the yeah, end of the game, I kind of feel like maybe people were were buying into what I was. Get saying. a little hate cut video going now. It's, it's get, send them to the waiver wire. Record your your feelings and emotions. It's very cathartic. I've done it a bunch. Pushing of the year. button and then just kind of taking a deep breath. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, Julio yeah. Jones limited with a nagging hip injury that allegedly he's been dealing with for a couple of weeks now. He did practice, but like I said, in a limited fashion. I mean, you know, is this a concern with Jalen Ramsey obviously being traded to the Rams? By the way, how many first round picks do the Rams have to trade? Because I feel like <laughs> I they've traded like 46 first round picks over for the next five years. It, but, uh, yeah, exactly. Am I wrong? Like, do you have the same but, sense? They're 2075 first rounder, I think. Like, I, who knows where they keep pulling these out of their ass? How many times have we heard the Rams are going all in? Like, this is the 70th time oh, I think yeah. they've gone all, all in. in again. And, again and again and again. And I don't know who or why they're going all in on Jared fucking Goff at this point, but hey, uh, to each bet, their own. I bet they regret that. Uh, seriously, might as well put Blake fucking Bortles out there. Uh, he would get it done better. Uh, you know that that Ramsey Bortles connection uh-huh. back in action here. Uh, but yeah, Julio, you got to be a little bit nervous about. Maybe this explains why he hasn't been dominating. He always has some sort of nagging. You put that word nagging in there. It feels like there's always something nagging every year, and then he'll eventually get over it and have like 200 yards and three touchdowns. Right. But not against Jalen <laughs> Ramsey. It would be tough to bench Julio Jones yeah, ever. Sure. But if you had, you know, four really good wide receivers, and I haven't updated my rankings to reflect Julio's, you know, this nagging injury, the the Jalen Ramsey matchup quite yet, I imagine he's going to fall right into my, you know, bottom 14 or so. So if you're really stacked at the position, I could see you actually benching Julio this week, which would be crazy, but it is not without the rumble possibilities. David Johnson. Missed Wednesday's practice. He's been dealing with an ankle injury for a couple weeks now. Didn't have a huge day as far as rushing the ball, but did actually catch quite a few passes for some real yardage on Sunday. And he scored, so it was actually a solid fantasy day for him. What do you think? Are you hearing anything about him playing? No? I mean, I've heard uh, you know a little bit of buzz about Edmund you know, as being like a decent, like maybe, uh, you know, cheap fantasy, uh, daily fantasy play. But what do you think? Is Johnson going to be playing? Is he going to split the workload? What? I, I think if he plays, he remains that true workhorse self that we've seen. We saw it last week, even with a back injury. I think right around 19, 20 touches, 25 fantasy points, two scores. I mean, the guy is a beast, so as long as he's out there, of course you're going to be playing him, and they operate just much more of a one-back uh, system than a committee. Now, we did see Chase Edmonds involved a little bit more last week. Uh, and I'd, I'd imagine he'd have a similar role should Johnson play. Uh I wouldn't be able to put Chase Edmonds in my lineup, though, if Johnson's uh, playing. Now, if he sits, though, again, the Giants team giving up the 11th most points to running backs, yeah. definitely a soft matchup. So Edmonds would be a low-end RB1 and definitely one of, if not the most valuable handcuff in the game outside of maybe Alex Madison for the, the Vikings. Uh, you know, it's you look at those roles, you project handcuffs based on roles, and this is just, as I said, a one-back system that loves to pepper him, and Edmonds has the three-down skill set. If Johnson sits, you can definitely roll this guy out in your lineup as a confident RB1 so you have to own him if you're a Johnson guy and even if not put him on your bench for sure Cowboys in utter free fall right now Amari Cooper Randall Cobb both missed practice on Wednesday also Michael Gallup limited in practice I mean I don't know how seriously to take any of these things but man the Cowboys you know talk about a team that you know after three weeks people were like man this might be the best team in the NFL I never I'd never thought they were that great but I definitely was impressed Mm -hmm. with what they've been doing Man, a, a close loss to the Saints, then you know got their asses handed to them by the Packers, and then got their asses handed to them uh, by the Jets. I mean, they, obviously they had a two-point conversion chance to tie at the end, but I mean, you know, anytime you lose to the Jets, you're getting your ass handed to you, basically. Yeah, And so exactly. I mean, what do we think about these injuries, uh, and what do you think about the Cowboys kind of in a larger global sense? 
Yeah, definitely tail spinning out. I did think they were among the more overrated teams. I did think you know, Kellen Moore might be this next wonderkin sure. as that offense was just humming along. And now they're starting to stall out a bit. I, who knows if it's, you know, what factor it is, but they seem to be figured out a bit more. Dak seems to be regressing a little bit. And obviously, if he's without two of his top weapons, that's got to be a concern fantasy wise for Dak this week, even against Philly, who's one of the worst secondaries in the league. We saw Kirk Cousin just bomb him for four touchdowns. So Dak still could have a very nice day even without one or two of his top guys uh, you're definitely still playing he's my QB eight on the week but even more so as I just mentioned they're so bad against wide receivers the most points to fantasy wide receivers this Philadelphia team is surrendering so whoever is out there for the Cowboys even if that's let's say Devin Smith or Tavon Austin during your bye week fill-ins if you need someone desperate uh, it, it could be a cowboy so tracking these injury notes seeing who's in there who's out is going to be very important because at least one you know Gallup's going to play He's going to blow up, but probably their wide receiver, too, is also going to have at least 80 to 100 yards, whoever that ends up being. So make sure you track these notes because the matchup is that juicy. All right, here's a couple we can uh, bunch together. Probably should have put these in with Saquon, but he's just such a bigger name than them. Evan Ingram looks like he is going to play due to this knee injury. It's not going to keep him out. Sterling Shepard, limited participant in practice with concussion protocol. Keep in mind, their whole offense was out last week against the Patriots. Mm -hmm. Not that it probably would have mattered anyway. Yeah, but uh, both guys against Arizona, very soft defense. I'd be more nervous about Shepard because Peterson is coming back, and he he now that Golden Tate's there, he's played 83% of the wide receiver snaps, and all 83% of those have come out of the slot, and that's where you know you could get a little bit free from Peterson. You won't have to you know d- deal with his insane coverage. That means Shepard might be facing a lot more of their elite corner. Uh, but Evan Ingram gets that matchup Man. with as we've talked about over and over again. You stream against Arizona no matter. who who it is, but Evan Ingram's certainly not a streamer. He's one of the most athletic freaks at the position. The fact that he's fully participating means you have to have him. He's actually locked into my number one tight end spot this week. I think he's going for 25-30 against this horrendous defense for sure. Sammy Watkins has already been ruled out with a hamstring injury for the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Speaking of another team, I I feel like I'm saying everyone's in free fall. I wouldn't say the Chiefs are in free fall, but man, there's definitely some holes um, and what had looked like kind of a bulletproof uh, persona that the Chiefs have been putting out there, seen him drop two in a row mm-hmm. at home. Yeah, definitely pathetic. And now on the road against Denver, who sneakily strung together two wins, has one of the tougher defenses hey, in Denver the league. Denver should be like five and one. I mean, I and, and I I think They've they suck. I want to be. I, you know, I don't. You know, I love Denver, or at least I used <laughs> to. I mean, they lost on last second field goals to the Bears and the Jags. Both of those brought on by penalties on like drives like with 30 seconds to go uh they're supposed to win both of those games and you know also week one against oakland i still really can't explain but anyway they should be four and two at worst right now and and they got big momentum and they're now hosting the chiefs what do you think i mean would denver beating the chiefs be the craziest thing you ever heard no, I actually don't think it's without the realm of possibilities. I think they match up very well, especially with this offensive line. And Mahomes so banged is hobbled, up. right? Um, what's that? Sorry. Mahomes on it seems hobbled to me. He does, and actually, you know, sneak peek, when we go to our quarterback lowers, Mahomes is my lower guy. He's still, mm. you know, my number five quarterback. You can only put Mahomes so low, but not that locked-in number one guy anymore with his line banged up, with himself banged up, with his wide receivers banged up. Lots of cases against Mahomes this week. Uh, Watkins being out does not help him. Now, it obviously opens up some targets for Tyreek Hill, maybe one of those cute third wide receivers, whether it's Pringle, Robinson, Hardman, who knows who the fuck it is at this point, but one of those guys could emerge 
emerge. But that Denver team is giving up the, the third lowest points to quarterbacks, the second fewest points to wide receivers. Only Tyree Kill and, and Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey would be locked into my lineups at this point for the Chiefs. Uh, and this is certainly not going to help that overall offense by any means. And Manny Sanders is a limited participant in practice, but should be good to go for Denver against the Chiefs, uh, which is going to help. I mean, he, the guy's the guy can still play. He's a baller, and uh, you know, anytime Sanders is out there, there's a good chance he's going to put up fantasy points for your team. I now prefer Sutton. It seems like Sutton's emerged yeah, as like that a number one fantasy maybe, option right? there. He's been a beast this year. He really hasn't had any duds. Uh, Manny Sanders is also somehow Flacco's engineering two viable fantasy wide receivers. I never thought I'd say that. But ultimately, when you're facing the Chiefs, you have to get your points. You have to get them in a hurry. We might see a more pass-heavy script. Uh, but you also you know, try to get the ball out of Mahomes' hands. And we've seen the last two weeks, whether it was Carlos Hyde or Marlon Mack, it become a very run-centric team. And the, and the Broncos can run that ball. Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman yeah. both having nice years. So ultimately, it's tough for me to trust both Sutton and Sanders. I'd really only lock in Sutton. But if you have Sanders, you know, he's right around my wide receiver, 36 or so, probably in your lineup. Uh, he is a baller. and I could see him finding the end zone in this one. Devin Singletary, full participant after missing the last three games. Should Frank Gore be worried? I mean, yeah, because Singletary's looked great. Anytime he's been out there, it was clear they were giving him the let's get you 100% before we put you back out there. And what a perfect time to come back out right against Miami, the worst team against running backs. I can see both Singletary and Gore finding the end zone and having solid days here. But this could also spark uh, their schedule. These next six weeks is uh, absolutely abysmal, the Buffalo Bills. They face the easiest run defense slate in such an easy pass game slate, too. That Singletary, if you if there's anybody out there that's been struggling uh, – if he just, you know, maybe a toss in on a deal, you can kind of make it seem like he's just a little, you know, t- tiny auxiliary piece on a trade. This guy could light it up these next six weeks. I love to see what he's going to do. I think the talent's very real, and I love his matchup this week and the next six weeks moving forward. Uh, so I'm excited to see him get fully healthy and what he does this week. All right, Tyrell Williams missed Wednesday's practice with a foot. Tyrell Williams has been a decent player this year. I remember in the Rose Street Journal mock draft, he was my last pick, and you declared it was mm-hmm. the worst pick of the entire draft. <laughs> well, I couldn't have seen Antonio Brown. I mean, I guess I could have somewhat I, I picked the guy him. I was like, psycho mode. <laughs> I picked him thinking he would be a good number two to Brown. I didn't pick him knowing he'd be the number one guy and still be pretty good. <laughs> And he's been thriving in that role. He's got a touchdown in every single week outside of one. But this has to be a concern because they're fresh off their bye week. He sat last week after missing practice all week. So now this is two full weeks of missed practice. It's a foot thing. So if it was just a tiny little sprain after two weeks, he should be out there. This suggests to me, I mean, I'm no doctor, but maybe it's that plantar fasciitis or something more serious going on. Uh, It'd be tough to trust. I mean, if he plays, the matchup's not great against Green Bay anyways. Uh, I wouldn't be playing this wide receiver that's less than 100% in a tough matchup anyways uh, without knowing the severity of this foot injury. But to me, it suggests it's a, it's a lot more severe than we originally thought. All right. AP and Chris Thompson both missed practice. Wonder what the depth chart looks like after those guys. Yeah, not too great. It's I think Josh Ferguson and Wendell Smallwood sure, actually on sure. the yeah, good old Smallwood. Uh, the matchup's not great anyways for Washington no this week. no good matchups uh, for Washington ever. I mean, no, Dolphins, they not. did eke one out against the Dolphins. 
Yeah, right. It's just pathetic. Uh, but that that uh, Rundy is they're facing the 49ers who we've seen just shut down everybody. They're going to have no problem shutting down this attack incomplete. Uh, you know, Chris Thompson is going to be out with a turf toe, it seems. But even then, you know, AP, whether he gets a volume spike or not, I'm not using any of these guys. It doesn't really matter to me. It seems like it's Veterans Day rest for AP. But ultimately, you're not using him against the 49ers. You can only use him against like Miami or crap, crap teams where the rare time it's going to be a positive game flow for the skins Deshaun Jackson looks likely to miss his fifth game in a row with an abdominal strain he's missed the last four did not practice again on Wednesday man boomer bust guy it's been all busts recently because the guy hasn't even seen the field you have to think his presence would really help an Eagles team that could really use some help Oh, absolutely. I mean, he stretches the field like no other. Uh, and not having him there has clearly hampered the offense because he was absolutely exploding in those first that first week. I mean, moved to the slot, running vertically out there. He brings such an interesting dynamic to this offense. Him and Wentz had unreal chemistry. And with that all said... I would be looking at my waiver wire because I'm starting to see this guy get dropped. His owner's getting frustrated because he's not playing. Now you're in the bye week crunch zone. So if you're in a nice spot and you don't need that yeah. bench wide receiver to use, go see if Deshaun Jackson's being dropped. He's still right around 60% owned, but a lot thought. of owners are sending him out there. So I get you're frustrated, but the schedule is going to get a lot softer for the Eagles. And Deshaun Jackson was a fantasy difference maker in that first week when he was actually fully healthy. Give him a long look if he's on your waiver wire for sure. All right. Last. Last and least. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky, full participant in practice, looks likely to start this week for the Bears. You definitely put him on there only so you could say last and least, didn't you? <laughs> it was like, a, at least a small part of why I put him on there, <laughs> had, to, had to be the only reason because no one gives a fuck about Mitch Trubisky. I mean, Chase Daniels actually moved the ball a little bit better than Trubisky did, so maybe this is a bad thing for the offense. But if he's fully healthy, I mean, he has shown a high ceiling at times. I would not be using him by any stretch of the imagination. I just hope a guy like, let's say, Allen Robinson, who is thriving under Chase Daniels, he had some good games with Trubisky there, too. Too. But ultimately, like I'm more worried about this offense with Trubisky than I am Chase Daniels, which says a whole hell of a lot about Trubisky. What starting quarterbacks in the NFL are worse than Mitch Trubisky off the top of your head? Uh, I mean, maybe Case Keenum, maybe. I mean, Josh Rosen or Fitzpatrick, definitely. But Fitzpatrick, I when he's got don't know. Trubisky, Fitzpatrick might be better Trubisky. than him. <laughs> I mean, Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco, it's no, debatable. No. Like. Ryan Tannehill for the Titans? Maybe. Like, uh, maybe. maybe. But I mean, Joe Flacco is definitely better than Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. And I mean, and he sucks. So it's pathetic. And just again, they traded up for him in the same draft Mahomes and Watson were in. That just. No, they didn't want to be in the Mahomes or Watson business. Are you kidding me? When oh you can God. be in the Mitch Trubisky business? <laughs> so fucking pathetic. Imagine like the Bears with Mahomes or the Bears with Watson. Like how good they would be with that defense. It's insane. What's it? When insane. I'm talking about the Mitch Trubisky business, what's a what's a what's the business equivalent to Mitch Trubisky? Like a what, failing blockbuster, what's, what's maybe. A, <laughs> well, I don't know. Blockbuster at least had its day. What's just a shitty company uh, that's just always been <laughs> shitty just, and always will be shitty. But has had like two but, to but three the people have like the stock brilliance. value has been kind of high for no apparent reason. If anybody for can no think of a really reason. shitty company that they want to compare Mitch Trubisky to, let me know. Link Clegg, if there's any shitty Australian companies we might not know yeah, about, right? <laughs> feel free to shoot them to us because we'd love to know. I know. I, I'm not much in the business department. You can not ask me, me woman in the bar. That's more more really uh, the, the things I can handle there. Yeah, yeah. All right. What, what's the woman uh, in the bar equivalent of Mitch Trubisky? 
Oh, good God. I, I shouldn't have even said that because I, without time, just a, a hideous woman that wears complete caked on makeup so that like when she's there, you're like, mm, maybe there's something here. Maybe the body's decent. But like once you get it washed off, it's like, holy hell, this is a nightmare right she's there. She's like 60. Uh, Exactly. Like just disturbing. And, you know, one or two times it, it hits because you had just enough in you. Uh, the matchup was right and juicy like they were for Trubisky. But ultimately, like nine out of 99 out of 100 times, it's just hideous and disgusting. Right. And you just had a, a little bit of layer of something over it that maybe covered it up. a little. And you may, and you gave her your real number when you still thought uh, maybe she looked and, good. And, and now they're like, texting you. Now I have to change my number. Like, I'm going to have to move. God, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep, that's exactly it. All right, higher, lower, Hail Mary. Report card last week, uh, as far as how you did last, I don't know, it says week five results. It might mean week six results. I did results. week five and week six. I oh, try okay. to put them all together here. All right. uh, we don't have to go through all, all right, of well, them. Well, you've done well on quarterbacks. You've done okay on running backs. You did pretty well on receivers. Not so well on tight ends, but tight ends are just like a shitty all around pretty much. Yeah. How many good tight ends would you say there are, like seven or eight? Six, maybe, yeah. Six. Now the Hunter Henry's let, back. So seven. Let's, just real quick Travis Kelsey, uh, Travis, obviously. Yep. Um, Kittle. Kittle, uh, Mark Andrews. I, I feel like you got to do like Kittle Ertz. It's like a, it's a combo. Kittle and Ertz. Kittle and Ertz. Like yeah, those but guys Ertz are has always, been, like, has been disappointing, kind of. He I mean, he's definitely one that you should have, but Mark Andrews has been, has been yeah. real good. Austin um, Hooper, I think, Austin is the number Hooper's two tight end fantastic. right now. Yeah, that's uh, been Evan good. Ingram. Evan so, like, Ingram. we're at, like, six or those seven there. Those are six there. guys uh, that you feel Dar- pretty— Darren Waller, you know, after—but it's it's one of those things where there's, a like— little, there After those is, six, man, I don't know. It's disgusting. And that's the thing is, like, there's more options this year than there have been in passes. Like, probably seven, maybe even eight guys you could roll out each week. But once you get past that eight, it's literally just a complete crap shoot of complete crap. Like, yeah. it's it's awful. Yeah, I have Andrews in two of my three leagues. And in the other one, I, I'm, you know, I'm like, you know, it's like streaming. It's like Jason Witten yeah. or like, you know, yeah. some other shit. Harold player. Everett. Right. There you go. TJ Hawkinson, Jimmy Graham. Like, right. It's, and it's oh, like, a, it's, yeah, it's, it's terrible. Hideous. And it's like, if you happen to get a touchdown, you're just thrilled. I mean, exactly. Because really, yeah. you're probably going to get like four points. All right. right. Oh, uh, here we go. Week seven predictions. Higher. Russell Wilson versus Baltimore. You got him as your QB1, four spots higher than the experts. I said maybe two weeks ago on the podcast, I, I, I wrote a piece for RSJ, a, a stock up on him, like maybe three weeks ago. And I was like, mm-hmm. after Mahomes, this is the guy that would surprise me the least if he's the you know number one scorer in fantasy. Since then, Mahomes has not been great. And Wilson's just seems to be like upping the ante every single week. I mean, this guy might be yep. the best quarterback in the NFL. He might even be the best fantasy quarterback in the NFL. Um, yeah. He just looks pretty awesome. You know, I know I sound like I'm just sucking him off like crazy, but I feel like he deserves it. Oh, yeah. He's, he's got to be the early MVP favorite at this point, the way he's playing. He makes every throw look so easy, no matter how difficult the degree of it. Uh, and as you mentioned, the, it, could he be the top quarterback in fantasy? Yes, absolutely. The only guy ahead of him right now by a meager two points is Lamar Jackson. And lo and behold, that's who he's faced up with against this week. And that's when Russell Wilson is at his absolute best. When the competition's high, he can rise to that level. The only duds he's had, I mean, last six games, 24, 41, 14, 30, 29. So one dud. And it's very predictable. It's when they're dominating a team and they just don't need Russ to do Russ things. But when it's a back and forth contest, as it should be this weekend against Baltimore, there's no one as dangerous as Russell Wilson. And with this defense sucking even more than they ever have before, that's part of what's led to them needing Russell 
Russell Wilson's arm more than ever. I know Scott Barrett, when he came on the pod this summer, shared a great stat that over you know since Russell Wilson's joined the NFL, no quarterback has racked up more points per dropback than Russell Wilson. The only issue is he just hasn't been dropping back because they haven't needed him to. But that's obviously flipped this year. We've seen him go back more. He had to throw more than ever before, and that's why we're having these 30-point weekly bonanzas with the guy. Oh, and he could run too. So I imagine this guy's going to light it up. He has to be towards the top of your quarterbacks this week. There's no reason he should be below Mahomes or other guys. Russell Wilson just lightened it up. Also, second best touchdown interception ratio in NFL history. Just saying. And um, Sam. Yeah, I mean, the guy's got quite a resume. He really does. Yeah. Um, lower, uh, you wanted to go Aaron Rodgers again. You got him four below the <laughs> experts, QB, QB 10. Uh, we've heard this argument before. It's a sound argument, but just in the spirit of not doing the same guy again, exactly. you're going to go as Pat Mahomes against Denver. You got him as your QB five. That's two spots lower than the experts. We talked about this just a little bit. Give me the pitch on Mahomes being a little bit overrated this week. I mean, he's QB 11, QB 11, and QB 10 over his last few weeks, under 20 fantasy points in those three straight. And that's been against easier matchups than Denver. Denver on the road as well. A lot of it is that line being banged up, the wide receiver core being banged up. He's been under constant duress, and he himself seems a little bit banged up, not escaping pressure quite as easily as he had been before. So with all those factors going against him, I mean, I could never go below QB 5, it seems, with him. But ultimately, uh, everything's shaping up for another you know QB 11 12 performance and now of course you're using him if you own Mahomes but I don't see him getting much better than that like 18 19 point threshold he's kind of been hitting these last few weeks all right hail marys Danny Jones 30 percent owned Uh, I don't know man Uh, but you also got a true desperation pick thrown in there and you got we got a Ryan Tannehill cited. Well, I don't know which one of these guys deserves more attention, but I'd love to hear from him. What do you got? I, I actually threw up when I typed out the name Ryan Tannehill. That's why there's Just like a eight question marks after his name. Yeah, definitely. I, it was tough to even swallow that puke back. I had to spit it up in the toilet. Uh, but Danny Jones, uh, I get that he hasn't done much since that first week one debut against Tampa Bay, but think about the weapons he's had. He had no Barkley. Shepard's been knocked out. I finally got Golden Tate back, and they're showing a nice rapport already and now suddenly the wave of weapons Evan Ingram's back and you got you know Sterling Shepard's back and then they're facing the Cardinals who have been giving up the third most points to QBs on the year and Kyler Murray coming into his own only helps this a battle of the rookie QBs this this week uh, looks like a back and forth shootout style game and I just can't stress enough how much pressure Barkley's going to take off this guy how many defenders you're going to have to put into the box to try to account for him so even if Peterson comes back and makes an impact for this defense there's so many other weapons now returning for the Giants that they can't account for all of them with the pathetic corners they have. I see Danny Jones going for right around 302 scores uh, as somebody that's not even you know owned in half of leagues. Could be a great streamer. But Ryan Tannehill, I mean, yeah, as gross as that is, he's gone 13 to 15 when he came in relief. He's actually slinging it all over the place in the preseason to the point they called for a quarterback controversy. They're in front of their home crowd for the first time in a little while. Who's going to fire up those folks like Ryan Tannehill, baby? I know it's disgusting. I can't actually. When, when you're in a situation and you're like, all right, we're in front of the home crowd. First time in a while, we need to put our best foot forward. Uh, we need Ryan Tannehill on the floor. It's like, well, God, man, what are you oh, doing? Oh, good God. Well, Ryan, I mean, go ahead. Who knows? It's just the matchup's not horrible against the Chargers. I'm just talking, you know, of course you look at Danny Jones. If Minshew's there against Cincinnati, like that's an obvious play. It's just if you're desperate in two QB leagues, I see him ranked below like Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen. I could see the guy going like 202 touchdowns. You know, it's going to be gross, but who knows? 
All right. Josh Jacobs, uh, we're on to running backs now. I wrote a stock up on him a week or two ago. Uh, Jacobs, man, he, he's just a, seems like he's just become like a full on workhorse. Um, mm-hmm. playing against Green Bay, you got him as your running back eight, five spots higher than the experts. Green Bay, good defense. I feel like it's kind of misleading though. I don't know. Like the Green Bay defense is good, but I'm not, you know, after the first week or two, it's like, are they really shutting anybody down or are they just kind of getting in back and forth with people? So I don't know. This might be a good one. I'm, I might like this call from you. Why do you like Jacobs better than the experts? Well, they are great on defense in terms of their secondary, but it's right. kind of like flip of the Eagles where their run D is abysmal. Ever since they traded Mike Daniels, they just get dominated up front, bullied all over the place, uh, and, and they're giving up the fourth most points to running backs. And we're fresh off Jacobs, probably what you wrote about is the fact that he had 29 touches his yeah. last time out. Definitely the definition of a true fantasy horse, 28 fantasy points. And that was against Chicago, nonetheless. Never mind Green Bay, so generous against the run right now. Uh, and the rest of the schedule for Jacobs, too, Looks very soft. So if his owner, fresh off the buy, was struggling a little bit, you know, and needs to to move someone for some pieces, I'd be throwing out as many offers as I could to get Josh Jacobs because I have a feeling we're going to see a great stretch run with a great schedule uh, and just workhorse style touches coming from here on out. I think Josh Jacobs is in for you know over 152 scores this week to just spark an amazing end of season. Tevin Coleman, who I actually. Uh, caught some of his game the other week uh, playing at Washington. Seems like a real juicy matchup. You got him as your running back 13, six spots above the experts. He looks quick, right? I mean, the guy like he looks, looks like he can move. I- I'm impressed because I was skeptical on him going into the year, but you know, it's kind of one of those things like, does the film lie? Because when I see him, man, he, he looks quick. He looks fast. He- a hundred percent. He has four four speed. We just haven't really seen it shown off in Atlanta because he didn't have tons of running room. But now behind one of the best offensive lines in the league, those holes are gaping in this Kyle Shanahan scheme, and he's hitting them as hard as we've ever seen from Tevin Coleman. He scored in back to back weeks, and I think it's an even more run heavy script when you're facing a pathetic Washington D, giving up the fifth most points to running backs. If Jeff Wilson can have multiple two score days while Coleman's out, then Coleman could definitely have at least two TDs coming. So I think that's exactly what's going to happen multiple scores 70 to 100 total yards uh and a monster 20 plus fantasy point day for coleman who's ranked as like a mid-range rb2 right now i have him right on my rb1 fringe we say lower we're going lower on running backs if you're going to say just quick uh nat i'm not going to tell you who anyone's playing uh no matchups nothing i'm just going to wake you up in the middle of the night you don't know what week of the season it is i'm just going (laughs) to shake you throw some water in your face and be like be like who's a running back that i should say sucks this week i'd be like joe mixon Yep. And I'd be right. <laughs> You'd be right. I, I don't get what the love is for this guy. Uh, every single week he's ranked in the top 15 by the experts, and he's finished inside the top 15 exactly once. In fact, he's finished inside the top 35 exactly once. He's been abysmal, and it's so easy and obvious to understand why. The offense is horrible. The line is horrible. The defense is horrible, so he gets game scripted out, so Gio Bernard comes in for the <sighs> last quarter and a half, and yet every week we continue to rank this guy inside our top 15 what gives i don't understand it. i get jacksonville's given up the fifth to six most points to running backs i get that they're generous to pass catching guys but that d-line is sneaky sneaky tough and with uh, the worst offensive line i think i've ever seen in the history of nfl uh, trying to move those you know Calais campbell and some of these monsters they have up front it's going to be another week of mixing shoving his nose into his offensive lines assholes and just sniffing as deep as he can uh it's awful it's awful i don't get why everyone continues to love him i I feel like at RB20, I'm even 
way too high. On I don't him, love so him. I, I I, yeah, I think that. you are too. I don't love him. I'm stuck with him in my goddamn lineup. It sucks. I mean, like Isn't it, it the you, worst, can't, dude? you can't bench him because it's nope. not like you got like five good it's running backs or something like touches. that. Right. Like, he, but he's ugh. just so. I, I, I'm so mad. I, I just can't wait for AJ Green to come back and maybe give this offense some sort Is of. Is he going to come back to the Bengals ben, though? I mean, there's all this talk about him being traded, and then there's all these people being like, "Oh, he's a legend in Cincinnati. They're not going to trade him." I've heard the Patriots. I've heard the Ooh. Chiefs, which is terrifying. Mm. I've heard the Packers. All, I mean, also the Saints. I mean, 49ers. You know, give AJ I mean, Green to Aaron, don't have, Give AJ yeah. Green to Aaron Rodgers opposite Devontae Adams. Oh, forget good God. it, man. Forget it. Seriously. Forget it. Yeah. And give, it, give I him hope to Tom to Brady happens. opposite nobody because there's no receivers. Jules, on come on. Give me Jules. Well, well yeah, Jules. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sexy right. jewels. Melvin Gordon, uh, you're lower than the experts on him too. He's playing at Tennessee. You got him as your 24. That's seven lower than the experts. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen anything yet to lead me to believe like this guy's going to be lights out. And frankly, the Chargers blow. The Chargers blow exactly is the point here. I, Gordon has not hit seven fantasy points yet this season. Tennessee, meanwhile, is very tough against around the 25th most points to running backs. So that's the eighth toughest, particularly stout against TDs. They're actually only giving up half a TD per game, uh, which is the lowest in the league. And that's where you'd expect Gordon to do his damage. So if the Chargers are going to suck, that's a negative game flow for Gordon. If he's not going to score TDs, that's where you want him the most. I just haven't seen anything. It's become such an ugly committee where Eckler's involved in early downs and goal line snaps and who knows i don't really want to use eckler either in these situations but certainly gordon in a tough matchup it's similar to Mixon. i think just a lot of name chasing here uh, until i see this guy get back to that every down workhorse role if we see it this year i don't think i can trust him in my lineups uh, i mean rb24 i guess during bye weeks if you're desperate that means you're putting in gordon but ultimately yeah i haven't seen anything it's similar to Mixon. that tells me this guy's gonna have anything better to do this week than who, he has been who would you start melvin gordon or carlos hyde Carlos Hyde this week. Guy's get, I mean, as hideous as he is, he's getting 20 touches in the best offense in the league. One of the best offenses, at least, could easily stumble his ass into the end zone like he has been the last couple of weeks. Yeah. All right. Is that, is that a decision you have to make? No, I don't have Gordon. I, Hyde is is like a borderline running back, too, for me. And I was just thinking to myself, yeah. like, who's somebody that I would, like, struggle to if I had Melvin Gordon to start with? No, I don't own Melvin Gordon in any leagues. He'd be one of those classic hide like where you. I see a lot of experts do like player A versus player B, and you like you cross out the name because when you see hide, you get a little sick at your stomach. But ultimately, I mean, you, you see the usage. Bad. The numbers, you know, they, they might not be efficient, but he's being fed as the fat ass he is deserves, and he's falling into the end zone plenty. So, yeah, I mean, Hyde is actually a very viable RB2 and, moving forward, and, and it sucks because I cut him in some leagues because I'm just like, it's Hyde. He's not going to do anything. Yay. There we go. The receivers on Houston are just so nasty, though. You can't stack the box against Houston. Nope. Exactly. Uh, all right. Hail Mary's Alex Madison against Detroit. We have an Alex Madison sighting. You got him as your RB31. That's 16 spots higher than the experts. That's a big difference. Uh, mm -hmm. Sell me on Alex Madison if you think it's worth my I'm time. I mean, the zone blocking scheme, as you know, anytime I get to shout out that zone blocking scheme of the Vikings, you I do, will. You do love uh, the zone blocking scheme of the uh, Vikings. It's so sexy. Uh, and, and Madison himself, I, he's kind of emerged as the closer when they're up. And I expect them to get up pretty early against uh, Minnesota. And they're giving, I mean, uh, against Detroit, who's giving up the third most points to running back. So Dalvin Cook is going to have a day. He's going to have 122 TDs, what have you. But if they get up big early, Madison coming off a 14 carry day, that was only two less than Dalvin Cook 
last week, and that was against a tough defense. Now that he's facing a, a joke Detroit defense, if he gets another 14 to 15 carries, Madison could easily get to 100 in a TD himself, and that's well preserving the most valuable handcuff value in the game. He's only 22% owned. It makes no sense to me because he's a handcuff with benefits to the ultimate, and this is one of those rare weeks I think you can really stream him if you're desperate at flex. And, you know, not to be outdone, you know, coming in in the final you know, Hail Mary running back spot. Is that Rex Burkhead's music I hear? As he <laughs> I think I throw him out every week, right? Yeah, down Bur- to the ring. Is that Rex Burkhead? <laughs> what, what would Rex Burkhead's music be? Like, what, what are you picturing as, as you hear his music? I, in my head, I was thinking Shawn Michaels' music, uh, you know, se- <laughs> Sexy Boy. Yeah, him doing like the strut and like yeah, blazing. Yeah. I don't know. Gun, I mean, so like, I, I'm open feet. to other like, suggestions, but that's what came to mind. <laughs> I like it. I'm down for Brett Burkhead throwing those pistols up. Uh, but I, I, he's my favorite running back. Hand. I feel like he's similar to Rodgers as my lower QB. Like I have Burkhead on here every week, and he generally doesn't suit up because he's hurt. And I don't know why I keep going back to him. But if he plays, the guy had 11, 8, and 16 in his only three games this year. He's a very key cog in this offense. So if he plays against a bad Jets team, He's every right to fall into the end zone, just as much as Sony Michelle, who can't seem to find it himself. Uh, I, I like Burkhead to find the end zone against the Jets if he plays. All right, wide receivers. This is a guy that you seem to be very confident is going to blow up the Texans this week, and that's T.Y. Hilton, who, you know, let's face it, going into the year, we're like, man, Hilton stock, huge hit he's going to take with Andrew Luck retiring. Jacoby Brissett has filled in quite ably. You've got him as your wide receiver three this week, five spots higher than the experts, and basically your selling point is that he just <laughs> kicks the Texans' ass every time they play. It's literally like clockwork. You can set it to, to every single time T.Y. Hilton faces him. Death taxes. T.Y. Hilton just whipping the big cog out and slapping it across the Texans' face. I mean, look at these last five game logs. Nine catches, 199. Four catches, 115. Three for 14. One dud in there, but that was week 17. Man, he didn't do the full game. Five, 175, two TDs. Nine, 115, one TD. I mean, that is an insane pace this guy has. He's been the apple to Brissett's eye. And, uh, and a couple of those blowups came with Brissett while Luck was out. So ultimately, it's ranked as the best matchup by Pro Football Focus, uh, facing one of the worst corners in the league. I really think Helton goes yet again for you know eight to nine catches, another 120-plus, and at least one, if not two, scores against this pathetic Texan secondary. I love him to continue whipping it all over them. And you brought up Golden Tate earlier playing Arizona. You got him as your wide receiver 23. That's seven spots higher than the experts. I'll be honest, I think you're too low on him. I think I, mean, maybe, I, I really maybe. think that he might just completely torch these guys. I don't know. I, I mean, twenty three is pretty sure. high, but we'll see. I, I mean, eighty three percent slot rate means, as I was saying earlier, probably going to uh, avoid Patrick Peterson's shadow coverage. He, he tends to play on the outside there, uh, and he's an every snap guy at this point. And the rest of that Cardinals defense, if he's not drawing Peterson, is complete garbage. They're giving up the twelfth most points to wide receivers, and that seems even lower than I'd expect. Uh, fresh off a hundred two TD day, nineteen fantasy points the last time out, and that was against the Patriots, who've given up the fewest points to wide receivers. If he can get deep on that defense he can certainly get deep against them and as we mentioned Barkley back drawing some safeties in I definitely think Tate goes for one long score while racking up a ton of receptions underneath against that soft zone coverage I think he's going to absolutely crush it this week Keenan Allen three weeks ago this guy was the undisputed number one fantasy wide receiver Mm -hmm. in football Uh, right now he's playing Tennessee this week at Tennessee you got him as your wide receiver 15 nine spots lower than the experts experts still have him at six now that's despite the fact that he's basically had three nothing games in a row and I mean that's half the season so what do you think where do you where do you fall on Allen this week 
I mean, three nothing games. Let's define them. 48 yards, 18 yards, 33 yards. Hasn't even hit 50 yards in three straight weeks. Has not seen more than six targets in a game over that span. And the Titans are another tough matchup. And he's been seeing joke matchups. I mean, the Steelers were giving up the most points to slot wide receivers entering last week. I think Miami was part of that dock. I mean, the guy has been, you know, nothing. Phillip Rivers is just kind of crumbling a little bit. And the Tennessee script, they're much more generous to tight ends. So, Hunter Henry right off his two TD day should have another explosion. I just don't see Keenan Allen getting it done against a team limiting wide receivers to the eighth fewest points at the position. I don't know when he's going to get out of the slump, but this does not seem like the game in my opinion. I don't know how he continues to be ranked as a no-brainer wide receiver one. Definitely more of a wide receiver two in my opinion uh, at this point. Just awful. Adam Thielen playing at Detroit. You got him as your wide receiver 17. That's eight spots lower than the experts. I cannot believe that there is a wide receiver on Minnesota that the experts are still ranking in the top 10. Now, look, Stephon Diggs went off last week. Extremely good receiver. Uh, Thielen went off the week before. Also an extremely good receiver. But the fact is, Minnesota still doesn't throw the ball very much. And Kirk Cousins isn't that good. And I'm assuming that that's the foundation of why you're so much lower on Thielen than the experts are. And the blowups have come in very obvious spots for these guys, yep. where it's a, a awful secondary and a great run defense. Over and these Cousins kind of feels weeks. like he owes it to that specific receiver that week. Remember, exactly. I told you last week, this I was one, like, I should mm-hmm. you should have bet the farm on Thielen to go off two weeks ago because it was obvious he was going to. Yeah, um, and you're right. You're right. This is not consistent output. This is like oh, no. big game because we got to give this guy a big game or else he's going to like yep. quit the NFL. Exactly. And, uh, and then we go and, and now it's And now it's Dalvin Cook's turn for a big game. Mm. I see 25, 30 carries coming for this guy. As we mentioned with Madison, the, the third easiest matchup for running backs. This is going to be the Dalvin Cook show. This offense is still averaging a league low 25 pass attempts, even with the last couple of weeks buoying those stats. I mean, think about all those weeks that we saw like under 20, like 11, 10 pass attempts. That's what I'm kind of picturing this week against the Detroit team where it's, it's clearly a run heavy script. Uh, plus we had digs emerging. So who knows who's going to, score but when it's that low of volume I, as you said I, it's not that I hate Thielen the guy could easily find the end zone but when it's that small of an aerial pie you can't have someone on an offense like that inside your top 10 receivers no way much more clearly a, a, a two wide receiver than a number one in my opinion agreed completely Cole Beasley we're in a Hail Mary's now versus Miami you're worth taking a Hail Mary on anybody playing Miami you got him as your wide receiver 41 experts have him at 67 so you're really giving Cole a lot more credit than the experts is it just because it's Miami yeah, it's 100% because it's Miami. <laughs> yeah, that's who's, why. Who's pretty, exactly. There's not really uh, much more to go into, except if you want to dig a little bit deeper to how bad they are, they're worst against the slot. Their slot corner's name is Jamal Wiltz, who is the fifth worst graded cornerback by Pro Football Focus. I get that Cole Beasley had a dud last time out. That seems to have erased everyone's memory to the fact that he had 10 and 13 targets the last two weeks and had three straight weeks of 10, 11, 11 fantasy points. Uh, and that was without finding the end zone. So if he hits the end zone this week uh, and then maintains that high target share. I definitely like Cole Beasley as a streamer uh, against Miami this week. I think he's a, a shoe in hum, uh, Hail Mary. I think he's under 4K on DraftKings too, so definitely a guy to look at for a cheap play. Alan Lazard, Green Bay's like what, fourth or fifth string receiver against Oakland, your second <laughs> Hail Mary. You got him as your wide receiver 46. That's 32 spots up from where the experts have him. Before we get into this, I saw, obviously, you know, probably more people had eyes on Lazard this week than usually because it was a nationally televised game and there were mm-hmm. no games going against it. First of all, let's just talk about the game for a second. Um, the Lions should probably be 5-0. and 
Yeah. Second of all, um, Aaron Rodgers, you know, I know you hate the guy. He's a freaking badass. Like, that guy is a, I mean, did, did you see how many balls his uh, receivers dropped? I mean, he got, picked, sure. he got picked off. I mean, the ball hit his receiver in the face. Mm-hmm. Like, and, you know, they're like, oh, he didn't, have, you know, Rodgers got picked off. It's like, yeah, but he hit his receiver in the face with the football and he was wide open. Uh, I feel like the Packers probably should have scored 40 points, which I guess is contradictory to me saying the Lions should have gone uh, and won that game. There were two horseshit calls against the Lions. Hands to the face, so, yeah. Yeah, there were hands to the face calls. They And they Awful. also went Trey Flowers, who got them both called on him. He's, he's had a decently long career. He's never committed a hands to the face penalty in his yeah. career. And the, they, they called him for two in this game in crucial moments that were just lies. Anyway, that, right. that got to get that off my chest. Alan Lazard, Rodgers uh, had an amazing uh, touchdown pass to him after he had semi-dropped a ball in the play before, which I just thought was such a ballsy throw and catch. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you like him too. Uh, do you think Devontae Adams is going to play? Do you think this is going to affect whether you like Lazard or not, or do you like him anyway? I, it will definitely affect him whether Adams is out there or not. Allison's health as well uh, plays a factor in this, but the early prognosis is neither of those guys are going to play, Ugh. which gives Alan Lazard a fantastic matchup. Uh, Oakland's given up the fifth most points to wide receivers and two of the worst-rated corners on pro football focus right now. What I particularly like about Lazard is the fact that Rodgers kind of lobbied Rogers for him to get it. into the fourth quarter. He hadn't played a single snap, but Rodgers said he loved how this guy practiced, loved the plays he got to connect with him on, and said, let's get this guy some chances and lo and behold he catches the game winning score uh he and then the next drive or not the game winning score but that that big touchdown and then the next drive to get to that game winning field goal he has three of the four completions two of them going for first downs i mean rogers had a quote like uh i'm gonna run this play to matt lafleur because it's gonna go to allen we're going to move the sticks and it happened like they he has clear as confident as he can be in in this lazard kid lazard himself is apparently going to the huddle and saying let's do this let's do that showing much more poise than your average just like no name uh, so Rodgers loves him he's clearly made some big plays he's six foot five so he's a beast himself and a great matchup uh, the key there again Rodgers loves him like there's nothing more important than that but I do have to have a little bit of uh, words here Rodgers of being a badass I mean yeah he's got a badass arm and that throw was badass but he has the temperament of like a two-year-old fucking no, we're talking loser about two different things has, though we're talking about two different yes. things I'm saying but, that that guy's teammates <laughs> his teammates were letting him down for a, a large chunk of that game i'm shocked he didn't throw a hissy fit over that because like i mean old aaron Rodgers, he seems to be a little bit more team-centric this year so i don't hate him quite on the level that i have in years past but ultimately i i don't know i just fucking hate the guy i think he's the worst teammate in the league i think he's the quickest oh come on i guess jay cutler's Cutler's not in the league anymore I hate Rodgers. Uh, so, no, I would never lobby the word badass ever around that. You think he's there. he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league still. Best arm. One of the best arm talents. I won't argue that. But in terms of the intangibles, getting the big wins. I mean, what's his, his record against like winning opponents? I think in the last five years is like seven and 21. I, I don't I mean, I'm just throwing completely random numbers, uh, but I know it's like 30 percent. It's pretty. Those, it's sound, like, those sound like Matt Stafford numbers, except too good yeah. to be Matt Stafford numbers. <laughs> Matt exactly, Stafford's yeah. record's like three and 50 against good teams. <laughs> Rodgers is not that much better. I'm just uh, he's does not have that clutch gene when it's against an actual good opponent. 
I've seen him beat a lot of good teams. I mean, maybe he loses to him more. I don't know. But I, I can think of plenty of games where he's ripped out a good team. I'm going to find that exact stat while you're preparing. Right, uh, this, yeah. Why don't, you, why don't you lobby up the tight ends here? All right, tight ends. Evan Ingram, we've already talked about him. He's going against Arizona. You got him locked in as your tight end one. Four spots above the experts. You say it's an absolute no-brainer. Whoever's facing Arizona is my premier play, especially <laughs> if they're as athletic as Ingram. Uh, and obviously you think he'll benefit from Barkley's return. No need to really elaborate on that. It's hard to disagree with that. Evan Ingram is a a great play this week, and I'm a little bit surprised the experts have him as their tight end five. And we talked about the the state of the tight end crop as it is. Really? Really? Five? I don't think so. Uh, Delaney Walker, you're lower on than the experts. You got him playing the Chargers. He's your tight end 13, which is, you know, tight end no man's land. That's where you're just in that, you know, shit pile of tight ends where you just got to kind of cross your fingers. Four spots lower than the experts. uh, And he's been terrible his last three games, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's done nothing. He's got what I'm looking at it right here. Uh, I fucking lost it because I was too absorbed. Uh, no, in Aaron he's, Rodgers, he's which, one, two, and 5.8 in his last three games. I mean, there it is. Yeah. you know, he, he sucks. Uh, you, you he guys, sucks. you like better. You like Jimmy Graham. You like Everett better. You like cook better. I agree yeah. with you on all three of those. Yep. Um, Hail Mary's Fort Knox tight end 15, five spots higher than the experts playing Miami. We've talked about why we like people playing Miami. We don't need to rehash mm-hmm. that. Yeah, he's not a bad Hail Mary thing, especially if you're streaming tight ends, which probably half of you are. Um, And don't hate on Luke Wilson just to see if it's more of a role than a talent thing with Will Disley being gone. You can see Luke Wilson taking a dive into the end zone. I don't think that's the craziest thing ever. I mean, here's what I look at with with somebody like a tight end for the Seahawks. Uh, Russell uh, Russell Wilson, who I've been talking about how great he is, uh, you know, Anytime you got a phenomenal quarterback, you got a shot if you're a tight end, something like that. So, I mean, you know, that's why I think that Luke Wilson's not a terrible play either. You got a Roger stat for me? I do have that stat. But, yeah, Russell Wilson does, like, I mean, with Jimmy Graham, led the league in red zone targets, red zone touchdowns just a couple years ago. We've seen Will Disley being a fantasy force. So he he does love his seam stretchers. And Wilson blazed a 4-4-9-40 at 6-5 back when he was a rookie. So there is uh, some potential there. This guy could develop into a play. He's only 7% owned. So if you're desperate at tight end, not not an awful option. But, yeah, it's 17 uh, and 26 and 1 against teams with winning that finish the season with a winning record. That's a uh, 0.395 Say winning percentage. 17 wins, 26 losses, and one tie against teams with winning records. That's a 0.395. And when and how, and how and how many years? That's got in his Two, whole career? Since 2012. Yes, yeah, so it was okay, over but his that's entire not his whole career. career. That's not his whole career. I, I mean, 2012? I mean, when did he start? I'm trying to remember. Like, I mean, didn't he win uh, the Super Bowl like like before that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so, probably I mean, his career is probably like twelve years. So you're talking still like though, that's we're looking at seven the last seven years. That's pretty fucking pathetic. Like, okay, are you look, telling me seven years of football don't matter because he had a, a great no? I'm not saying career. that. I'm not saying they don't they don't matter. And that that is you know that doesn't look great. And I know we're not comparing the two, but I had to look up the Stafford uh, stat since yeah. I referenced it in his career. He's six and fifty two <laughs> against teams with winning records. Oh. That's so bad. I know Kirk Cousins has a really bad stat about winning records Not too. Not anything but like Rogers, this. Not anything like this. Six and no, fifty-two. That's, that's and that, that, by the way, this is from a year ago, and we just saw him lose to Rogers' team, and we just saw him lose to uh, the Rams, who they should have beat. So you know, we can tack a couple more of those on there. Um, yeah, but he see that's what sucks. He's like, he doesn't deserve that for this one. He was that's like there's no team more snake bitten by the rest than the Lions, in my opinion. It sucks. What I feel about ba- the Saints? I actually feel bad for Detroit. I really do. What about the Saints? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Actually, too. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, mailbag. No counter there. 
Mailbag. We got to rattle through these because it's like, of Let's course, we're. Oh, yeah. Way shit. Over, we got to get to Survivor. Yeah. All right. Rob, is this the shark? No, not that's it. Exactly looks a lot like and that's Nick Zaleski. Oh, okay. I wonder if there's a relation there, actually. I know. I wonder if that's like the shark's brother, like uh, the dolphin Maybe. or something. <laughs> the dolphin. Uh, Auden Tate versus Frank Gore. Flex spot. I, as much as I love Gore uh, against that Miami team with Singletary coming back, I'm going to lean Auden Tate. Now Ramsey's gone. That secondary's already been shell-shocked these last couple of weeks. And Tate's fresh off a 12-target day. I, I really like him to have another big day. Antonio Mendoza. Humphreys, the aforementioned Auden Tate, or Brandon Cooks. Look at Tate showing up in both of our first mailbag questions. He needs one of these guys. Uh, man, Cooks scares the shit out of me right now. He scares the shit out of me too, but if there's ever a week to use him, they're facing Atlanta, and the one thing that Atlanta does worse than any team in the NFL right now is rush the passer. And if you give Goff time, that's part of why he sucked so bad is that line's been a complete sev. But we've seen it with last week, Kyler Murray, who was under constant duress all season till last week. We saw it the week before with Deshaun Watson, who had been under fire all year until facing the Falcons. I think this is a week where Goff's just going to be able to sit back there, you know, have a couple drinks and just enjoy himself picking this defense apart and that's what cooks needs to utilize that deep speed just give him those few extra seconds to roast a horrendous corning cornerback crew i think this is by far cook's best game of the season i could see him going 150 and two can't have him on the bench at that point all right pedro zanetti uh wants to know michael gallup or uh and there's a guy on my team that has uh his team name is dj chark do 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 so uh who do you got gallup or chark I love them both, so I wish I could get them both into my lineup, but I got to go Gallup facing Philadelphia, giving up the most points to wide receivers, seeing like a 30% target share as the number two guy. So, yeah, give me Gallup. All right. Mikey the Gimp wants to know Joe Mixon or Carlos Hyde. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to go mix him. Give him one more smack on the ass. Let's see what he can do against this bad Jacksonville team. I don't know, dude. I think you're wrong. I, I think, <laughs> yeah, I, that. I think you're I know. Wrong. It's gross, but I, I think I'm just a biased owner, to be honest. I'm a biased owner, too, but it's, I'm biased the <laughs> other way. Uh, <laughs> Fernando Perez, pick one for flex. Uh, John Brown, Devin Singletary, uh, Carlos Hyde, Hunter Henry, or Mark Andrews. Oh, wow. Shit, that's a lot of good options. I wish I could pick one from that bunch. I mean, I do love Brown against Miami. I like anybody against Miami. But both tight ends, Hunter Henry and Andrews, facing bottom five matchups, I kind of lean Andrews. I think he's going to definitely score at least once, if not twice, against Seahawks, giving up the fourth most points to tight ends. I would also probably go Andrews there, but there's like three guys on that list I like. Uh, Thanks for voting. PPR, yikes. Duke (laughs) Williams against Miami or Dante Pettis. Versus Washington, uh, man, you must have pissed off the fantasy gods. I, I don't know how you got in this situation. Thanks for what voting. What is this, like I, a 24-team league or something? It is horrible. That is just god-awful. <laughs> Yikes is the right word to, to intro this question. I guess Duke Williams, who scored the last game out, and he's facing Miami, but holy hell, hold your nose and swallow back the puke. I would look first for some of those Hail Marys we already suggested on this podcast, whether it's Cole Beasley might be out there, uh, you know, or, or um, what the fuck's the guy from Green Bay, the Lander, Xander, Lizard, whatever the the fuck Lazard. that guy is we talked about it. Lazard. That's what that's what it is. Lazard. I would look at those two guys first, and if they're not there, then yeah, Duke Williams. Right. Kiz Roof Pizza. Christian Kirk, Manny Sanders, Damian Williams, Shady McCoy, and Auden Tate need two of them in your flex spots. Oh, that's kind of ugly. I feel like I'm just gonna bench all the guys on Thursday night football there and roll Kirk and Tate. 
Yeah, that makes sense, actually. Jonathan Tomlinson, Devontae or Royce? Which Freeman am I taking half-point PPR? I mean, I really actually think this could be Royce Freeman's big breakout. He hasn't found the end zone yet. He's the guy that has the most touches without finding the end zone yet. I think he does this week. Even still, though, Devonta, fresh Devante. off 71% of the snaps, fresh off a two-TD day, locked into that receiving back role. Uh, he's locked in as a, a low-end RB1 when the matchup's right, and it's nothing too scary this week. The Rams give up the eighth most points to running backs. My favorite name. Uh, I love it when this guy writes I in. Richie Dunkelberger. Back. Yeah. Fullback, baby. Throw on that cowboy collar and clear a path for us, Dunkelberger. Stephon Diggs, Alshon Jeffrey, Philip Dorsett, Christian Kirk need two of them. I'm going to go – I'm not doing Dorsett. Uh, so no, to be – I think I go Jeffrey and Diggs yeah, at, out of those options. Yeah. Me too. And last but not least, uh, Brian Cook, Frank Gore, or Royce Freeman. As I mentioned, I, I think, think we this go is Royce, Royce's right? coming out party. Uh, as much as I like Gore's matchup against Miami, the fact that Singletary's back and fully healthy makes me a little nervous as to what his outlook is. So give me Royce. I think he's going to uh, smash one in against the Chiefs this Odds week. Odds that Frank Gore rushes for 165 yards and two touchdowns and crams it up your fucking ass pretty high. Right. Pretty high, definitely. All right. You got any social media you want to pump up? I know my wife of wants course, to watch Survivor. This, I know. I'm sorry. I, I want to watch it too. To tell Anna uh, apologies for me. Right. Uh, but I got to go uh, with the Fancy Fullback Dive where we pave your path to 2019 titles as a product of the Roto Street Journal, rotostreetjournal.com, where we feed and breed fantasy wolves. Check out the app. Download it. It's looking great. We're filling it with great stock watches every day. Got my rankings in there. Uh, and, and now we're even adding featured articles to it. So fantastic stuff on the app uh, and then of course on facebook is the the one other social we're also on instagram and twitter as well roto street journal but facebook especially is where we do a bunch of our live broadcasts we'll have our thursday night tailgate tomorrow our flagship sunday uh tailgate at 11 a.m on sunday get your sit start questions in we want to go for the record we've we crossed 220 questions a couple weeks ago we want to hit 250 uh so come on in come to the tailgate share a beer with us share your questions and let's get you ready for a week seven win wolf pack here we go baby all right good stuff wolf my name is nat the truth jones good stuff right back at you and i'm the wolf see you guys later we used to have it all but now's our curtain call so hold for the applause oh 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 and wave out to the crowd and take our final bow oh it's our time to go but at least we stole the show Football right there, folks.